Oh, universe, you got too many ways that I'm syncing up to say no to this recording. But, no to fan, to fan handling? I do not panhandle. Did I panhandle once? No, that was a game of truth or dare. I dared somebody to panhandle. Oh, and she did it. And boy, did she make 20 bucks fast in Grand Central Station. Now that I think about it, I wonder if she really panhandled that day. Oh, come on. She was the daughter of the editor of the New York Times. If that girl isn't panhandling, but instead handling pan, I doubt it. You know, now that I think about it, oh my God, her dad was totally CIA. Ah, he was. All right, back into business. Well, <clears throat> uh, it is 3.35 now on, <clears throat> what day is it for you? It's Monday. And what was the last date we definitely remember? Was the 24th Thanksgiving? Yeah. 30, 29, 28. This should be the 28th of November. Booyah! Monday the 20th of November at 3.35 p.m. now. Um, And since the last installment when I was barfing up the displeasure of being as disorganized as this disobedient, disgraceful, disinterested person could get in their own house's organization? Well, yeah, we took a six-hour nap. Or what other people would call, got a good night's sleep. Mm. But having gotten, yeah, cuddly, cozy, and oh, oh, so cloud-filled. Well, now... Now we're ready to talk about nonsense. Do, 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 do. It's all my fault. Is it? Probably. The first thing I'm going to say here is, you know how you have a favorite in almost every category? Even fucking underwear. Like, you just have a favorite of pretty much everything you own. Favorite pair of socks? Yeah, I got one. Favorite underwear? I don't really have one, but I bet if I had to grade them, I could come up with my favorite. Phoebe, why are you getting so interested in the conversation? Do you need to go poop? Hey, we better hit a pause. Phoebe is never energetic for these. Well, you know, I think she was hungry. So I'm going to let Phoebe eat so that you don't have to hear her crunchity-munchity. I've never had a dog that just eats one bite at a time. One bite at a time. More proof that Phoebe was put on this planet to teach me to be more freaking patient. Just like this little pause is going to make me be more patient. Her food bag, her Purina dog chow food bag, says, crafted in the USA with American-raised chicken by people who care. If you don't know when you're being slapped upside the head like a side of ham with some marketing, well, Purina will teach you. Unpause because don't want to lose the pause on the pause to the stops. Okay, so... There are some of you out there, you literalists, you realists, you grounded in realityists, who would see this as dog is hungry. Look, look, look. What if this is John's not high enough? Well, God, I'm seeing your signals. Or, 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 what if you were already so high? When you went out and did that second pause, third pause, whatever pause, I kind of forgot you were recording. 
Well, here at 3.59 on, it's still the 28th. Like, it's only been 20 minutes. I didn't forget for that long. But I did forget. So, <clears throat> I forgot long enough Phoebe's back to sleep. Booyah. Is that a booyah in life now? Oh, man. When you get old, booyah becomes a lot less booyah. Um, hang on. Let's put this in the place. I know it's just recording well. If not perfectly. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's not recording perfectly. Oh, God. I'm so clumsy. I think if I had to fess up to the one thing I'd like to not be next time around, how about I don't have to be so clumsy, klutzy, and prone to almost falling? Which... I know I've noted this somewhere along the line, but I've only run into one other person in life. Actually, now that I think about it, who should I talk about that? No, probably not. But should I? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, that's a tough one. All right. I've only run into one other person in life. This isn't the thing I was thinking about, by the way. Of course, I'm going to talk about this. I've already talked about it. But I've only run into one other person in life who had the strangest superpower of all time that I seem to have as well. The ability to almost fall, but not fall. Yeah, I know. Weird one, huh? I don't even know how it's useful. He's the, <gasps> I thought you were going to slip, man. Man. Yeah, that's me. But how do you use that? I don't know. But for the longest time, I just kind of kept silent about it. But when people would ask me, well, what's the truly most unique thing about you? Usually I could bubble up that answer. And of course, that comes up in conversation with me pretty much daily. But coincidentally, when the conversational turn of unique superpowers came to bear and we both named the same thing, almost like one, two, three, jinx, I thought to myself, not only have I never run into somebody who would uh, who would uh, say that, but to have it ready to go, that means we both have been through it enough to know it's true. I have had some incredible slips. Like, mind-bendingly, where did that balance come from slips? Mostly in the shower. Well, a few in the shower. And I've said to even my family, if I'm going to die... Early, it's going to be fucking head-first planted, crown cracked in the shower, bleeding out into the tub because of the number of near misses I've had in there. So, that is what I got on to talk about. So, goodbye, America. Ha! No, where'd that fucking come from, right? All right, I have this list. Bingo! Hey, that's even the other list, is it? Swingo. Swingo. What's Swingo? Isn't that some silly pseudo uh, casino game? I think it was, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong, I believe will be the name of the next segment of It's All My Fault. <laughs> I mean, way to make a declarative statement immediately contradict yourself. It's all my fault. Well, I could be wrong. All right, nobody thinks that's funny but me, but of course this is all for me, so fuck y'all. I think it's funny. I could be wrong. Or, well, I could be wrong. Well, I could be wrong brings the ellipsis into the game, which... 
and yes, I'm figuring this out in real time right now. Because my other idea was uh, breaking the cycle. <clears throat> but I think we're going to save that for the very last chapter. And, well, the last two chapters, because then there will be breaking the cycle too, electric boogaloo. Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck y'all. I think it's funny. Alright. So, this Hakuna Matata moment, though, I'm really excited for. Because, how does stuff like my list that I've been looking for end up right on my bedside table where it's obviously there? Thinking it's the other list, I grabbed it looking... I mean, are the elves really fucking with me this much? I hate you if you are, because I'm disorganized enough without your help. Can we achieve symbiotic metaphysical connections between us? I've wondered about this. I think you'd have to be training with somebody who was trying to train into the same reflective wavelength. Or reflexive? What would that be? Well, <clears throat> in other words, if you can do it. And I don't know if you can. I don't know if we all have individual fingerprints when it comes to our wavelengths of resonance as eternal beings. Because at this point, you'd, be, you'd have to be leaving the properties of your physical body to connect in the metaphysical. So first, you'd have to be able to do that. Believe in it and do it. We can all do it. This isn't special. I'm just saying. You have to have practiced it to have the kind of confidence to get into that realm. And then you have to have uh, almost like the encryption code of your wavelength has to exactly match the decryption code of the other wavelength. Now, is that appropriate? I don't think so, because I don't think what happens is that we actually lock security keys to find each other. I think what happens is we vibrate and hum in harmonic convergence or in identical pattern in a way that allows us to seek each other out and, and lock and fit. There's one person in the universe with whom I think I could develop this skill today. So not only do you have to be inclined to it to have experienced your own personal escalation, but you have to work with somebody who will coordinate, even if even if all of the coordination has to be on one person's part, sometimes I think, honestly, sometimes I think the one most at peace is the one who has the least work to do. So if you're the wound up of the two or the got to do it this way, here's my list, here's how it's got to go down, I want to put on these candles, I want to have this fucking music on, or whatever. Whatever gets you hard for yourself as a dude, because I have a feeling that the women out there are receiving our signals. It's up to us to align with them as receptors if that's the first connection you want to try to make. And I truly believe the easiest two people in life to connect to are your mother and your sisters. If you have neither of those, obviously your father and your brother are close seconds. Cousins, I don't know. There are weird cousin relationships that I think have evolved to prove a lot of this shit's true. So maybe cousins are the next level that, in fact, are the high level. That if you're somewhat blood-related, but somewhat not blood-related, you have these unique imprints that also have these unique overlaps, 
that maybe sync in a way that allow you to connect, especially in, say, one out of 1,500 circumstances. So, <clears throat> and I'm just saying that based on what the numbers show out there for some of the freaky ESP shit between family members, cousins, even uncles and, and, and nephews. I mean, just across the bloodline, so there's some DNA thing to it, right? We must be signaling in our, in our magnetic resonance of, of inheritance some level of, I'm here to be talked to. I'm at your wavelength. Who knew the 80s were so relevant again? Dude, I'm totally at your wavelength. Totally at your wavelength. No, totally. I'm not even 99%. I'm totally at your wavelength. Are you totally at my wavelength, universe? Oh, probably not when I'm quickly clacking around on the... What are these things? Oh, these are the empty now. Boy, yep. I said I had enough weed to make it till Christmas. I'm sorry, till... Thanks. <laughs> Boy, I had enough weed this morning, that's for sure. Wait, is it 420? No, it's 409. Oh, 409. Well, that means I should be cleaning up for 11 minutes so I can enjoy 420. So, pause. Okay, well... It's now 4.10, but in taking my pre-cleaning bong hit, I think I figured out what the uh, December commitment to improving my environment. I need something easy, I need something measurable, and I need something daily. Hey, clean the fucking cap box, bro. Kitty's feeling frisky. She's up here getting all frisky. Like frisky-ish, you know? Like the... I wonder if that's why they named them Friskies. No, I don't. Of course I knew that. I knew that when I was six. Oh my God, that sounded so full of myself. I'm sorry. I mean, but that's totally the way I can be a dick. It's to say things with the inflection and haughtiness of delivery that I clearly come off as thinking I'm better than you. You know why? Because somewhere deep inside, I fucking think I'm better than you. I still am getting rid of that little kernel of superiority. As an American, that one drills in deep. Deep. Like whatever is down there drilling into our Antarctic subcontinent. They are way deep. Okay, let's be honest. That 409 thing, that's just a joke. Like I'm going to clean for 11 minutes at 409 to enjoy 420. No. I mean, I might 420 for 11 minutes to enjoy 420. But cleaning? Well, as my ex-roommate Patrick used to say, some of us just have a lower tolerance for... Wait, a higher tolerance for filth than others. Now, who was he talking about? Well, himself for sure, because that was one dirty dude. You know what's a disappointing soda experience? Soda pop, pop. Orange Crush. Shit gets flat way too fast. Alright, I think I'm going to skip 420 today, even though it's 414 and I'm all, like, fucking loaded up for it. Fact is, I'm too loaded up for it. I don't need to load up more for it. I am loaded. Hey! And my computer finally fucking battery loaded. You know what the worst thing about technology from the early aughts? Well, the late aughts? Let's just call them aughts. All those batteries sucked. It just sucked. And I wonder if the corporations knew that they could roll out battery technology first at the lowest possible level, get us all to buy shit that was going to 
be useless in six years, so we'd have to rebuy better shit. And then, conveniently, six years later, they had better shit, but they didn't have the best shit till six more years later. Fuckers. There you go. Blow my nose in real time. Why? Because we're talking about filth. Was that the point of today? Is that on my list? Filth? No, that was just talking about Patrick. Patrick's not filthy. Well, I might have to take that straight. That that one might have to come back. No, what were we going to talk about? Control continues. No, control comatose media via leaks, misfacts, timelessness, time uselessness, time, time. Boy, I hate how I can't read my own writing half the time. Alright, let's take that one on a different episode. I'll have to figure out what the fuck I even wrote. Alright, let's see if we can get through most of what's on this side of this piece of paper, if not all of it. There's a phone number on here. I got a phone number at work yesterday. It's a little creepy. I mean, it's not... It is... Is it creepy? Is that creepy? A woman who I'm going to guess was in her early to mid to late 40s who was with another woman, and I thought with the other woman, were loading a tree onto their car. I'm teaching in two simple knots. And in the end, she hands me this piece of paper, which normally is going to be anywhere from two to five bucks. And it was her phone number. Hmm. That was strange. But, Lori, I will not be calling you. Because I think maybe that was a creepy maneuver on your part. I'm not really sure if you're a serial killer. That would be a weird way to be getting your victims. But why would I want to take a chance, right? I've learned from you women. When you think things are creepy, they are. Okay. How about this one? Once you've chosen good or chosen evil, are you karmically locked in? Are you pot committed for the next eternities? I don't know. That's what I... See, because that might explain why there's so much fucking dumb shittery, right? What if once you decide to go evil, you just can't come back? You're just locked into a karmic cycle of doing dumb, stupid shit until enough karmically aligned people come together to stop the dumb, stupid shit. At which maybe we release the dumb, stupid shit souls. I mean, that is so the sequel to the Pyramid Energy Dislodging script that should be getting written yesterday, but not by me. I wouldn't write a script. Shit. I can't write a letter, but other people have that kind of stamina. I can barely get through fucking four hours at Home Depot before I need lunch. So writing a script? No. Talking about all the great scripts that aren't being written? Check. Yes. However, is that what we got on to talk about? Well, if you've chosen evil... Like, you just went down evil road. And I'm not even sure that's Hitler anymore. Ah, Do you know how much I hate that part? Can't depend on anything. But, you you know in your soul review if you did bad. Well, bad's not the word. If you did, if you were unjust, if you were maniacally self-absorbed, whatever, there are ways in which you can act that are just eh, not going to sit well with the soul review board. Okay, so back you go. But you go back to correct the karma from the shit you fucked up. 
So what if you keep just fucking up? And then what if your role becomes fuck up? You have to go back in the most fucked up roles at the most fucked up times and fucking figure it out. And so you keep banging your head in the same goddamn walls. Because you just keep self-fulfilling your own defeated prophecy. Not my neighbors. Good to hear them being boisterous, though. I like boisterous neighbors. Not so I can be boisterous. <clears throat> Although, back in the day, that was definitely one of the advantages. No, now it's just because it means there's a zest of life in the next-door area. Okay. I could be wrong, right? Well, I could be wrong. I'm not getting much counter home, I'll say that much. Okay, so <clears throat> then what's the onus of the good soul to recognize themselves and fulfill who they are as they're to act in accordance with who they are as they exist on this planet? Otherwise known as be true to yourself. Do what you know is true to yourself. Act with the intuition and directive that says, am I being true to myself? I am. Well, then forward I go. I'm not. Well, then wait. How not? Correct those and forward I go. And if we are pot committed on the good side, look at me assigning myself to a team. I didn't mean it necessarily. <clears throat> but let's assume that I feel like I want to be on the good team. I'm on the good team. I'm on the good team. I want a good earth. I want good individuals doing good things for good people. And that means all of us are good. And I want to welcome back, forgive, and understand those who think they were evil. Am I pot committed? Fuck yeah, I am. I'm all in on being good. I don't want to be anything else. And I want to be good from within because somebody telling me, well, we think that was good. Well, yeah, but I've practiced a lot of that. And a lot of women have told me that, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that that's one thing. Unlike maybe some men who just think that is disgusting. Nope. I figured if they all don't want to do it and I don't mind, I'm going to get good at it. So certain things you just know you're good at. But to know you're good? Well, it has to come from within. Nobody gets to tell you that. I don't think. Okay, probably should stop here, right? <clears throat> we talked about flushing out to centers, towing the line, repeat. Uh, print history? T? Mock? T sock? Seriously, seriously, what... Runt history? P print history, it looks like. Print history. Mock? Oh, fuck. Let's put that one over there with the other stuff about information access. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Okay, there's some meat on some bones here to, to get back to, so we don't, have to, we don't have to keep 
We're not going to get through this whole page. No fucking way. Bald-faced bluffing. All right, let's, let's, let's end with some stuff about how to know you're getting lied to. Okay, how to know you're getting lied to. Number one, you know. Why? Because in, immediately in your head, you think, wait a second, what? At a minimum. To, well, that sounds like a fucking lie. At a medium to, huh, that's not even true. At a maximum. Somewhere your spidey sense goes off. And if you're not tuned into this, that's fine. You don't want to hear a liar's world. Good for you. But you live in one. And it's time to up your game, as it were. There's no more excuse for not being able to tell that you're surrounded by lies. You have to be able to see that. You've got to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt, number one. Because people like me use it against you. So, put your guard up that everybody's telling you lies. And then ease yourself back when you realize who the truth tellers are. And go ahead and drop your defenses in front of them. And I'm telling you, this may not be your priest and your fucking teacher. And it may be. But you have to figure it out. You have truth tellers in your world. And then you have everybody else who to some degree is lying to you, to themselves, to the world, to their circumstance, whatever. They're lying. And I'm not saying you're in the truth teller camp either. You have to walk through some pretty dark places about yourself before you can come out realizing the truth of who you really are. If you've done that work, or if you were born an angel, well then, maybe you are in the truth-teller camp. But truth-tellers are not truth-tellers because they've embraced truth. It's because they no longer fear lying. There is no lying. They're going to live in a world based on exact reality and truth. And whatever happens, happens. That's why, for me, I'm just saying forgive everything. Understand everything and move on with kindness. If you have a better plan, I'm seriously here to listen. So, I'm pretty sure I left a couple of dangling threads here in these last two recordings that I'm stitching together, so I might as well stitch a third addendum onto the whole thing, and we're not going to call this the Trinity, although, oh boy, here I am. I don't know what it came over me, but I had this urge to watch the original Matrix. A movie I've seen, I want to guess, between 25 and 50 times. A movie which I truly love. I would put it in my top 10 all-time movies of all time. It might even be the movie I would take to the desert island if I could only take one. I like it that much, and it offers that much entertainment value. Almost every time I watch it, but oh, Die Hard does the same thing. Frankly, so does Star Wars. In many ways, so does The Big Lebowski. But all of those, oh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, Princess Bride. Well, oh, how would you leave either Best in Show or... Um, or uh, Waiting for Guffman, home.
There have been some really great artistic statements in the movies. <clears throat> not lately. Well, not that I've seen lately. But um, in my day when I went and watched movies, there were a lot. So I'm sure there's still a lot today. I just miss them all because I don't watch movies. What are we talking about? Nothing of consequence, just like always. Why is it all my fault? <clears throat> well, because even when I had good intentions, like following through on the discussion of how we all have our favorites, favorite pair of socks, right? Favorite pair of jeans, favorite hat. I definitely have my favorite baseball hat, but I also have my favorite hat for different events. Like favorite hat to go out with my parents is different than the favorite hat to play golf, which is definitely different than my favorite hat overall. Actually, that's not true. My favorite hat to play golf, my favorite hat overall, the same hat. But my favorite surprise hat, the one my mom gave me a month ago. Fucking love it. But because it's a gift, I'm going to try to keep it nice and only wear it on mom occasions. We'll see how long that lasts. My point is, even in our tiers of favorites, we can have nuanced, subtle categories that even make our favorites have to be subdivided. But there's one thing that doesn't have to be subdivided. And that's our least fucking favorite. <laughs> and I bring this up because that's what I was trying to get at in the roundabout way that I forgot to drop it off at the corner and then come back and pay five cents to get more lemonade. The least favorite pair of jeans I have in the world, I have kept since the year... 2009, 2008, somewhere in there, possibly as early as 2006, 2005. So, for a while. And what are they? They're these purposefully folded up across your pocket, but vertically, I'm sorry, horizontally across your pockets. So, basically right across your dick line. They're folded as if you couldn't iron them right, and you turn them over and they just got all crumpled up, and you just said, fuck it, I'm going to make it work. And then you turn them over and you're like, fuck, I don't have time to fix them. Okay. This pair of jeans was a gift from my oh-so-fashionably-conscious ex-girlfriend, whose name started with an R or a B, depending on how you want to spell it. But <clears throat> Miss Light You on Fire had one thing going for her. She was fucking good-looking in a fashionable pair of jeans. So, when she would try to give me a fashionable pair of jeans to look good in, uh, I would try, but that's just not my game. So, this one went in the drawer two wears in, and it has never come out since. Until two weeks ago, when at work they told us the Christmas tree thing was going to be a fucking ruin-your-clothes sort of event, so don't wear your good stuff. Wear your not-so-good stuff. Roger that. Gotcha. On, on target. So the day that I unloaded all the trees 10 days ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, yeah, that day sucked. So do what I did. But then the next day, what was the next day? Next day I wore them was, oh yeah, yesterday. And guess what they did? They ripped out across one of the pocket lines on a day I didn't have any fucking underwear on. Thank you very much. So, oh, yeah. And I biked home in that condition. I should have taken a picture. I still have them. I probably will take a picture just for posterity's sake. Is this why posterity has a sake for dick pics? Well, it won't be that. It'll be more of a wardrobe malfunction pic. But um, <clears throat> when you get it all said and done, 
I now have to pick a, le- a new least favorite pair of jeans because th- those will never get worn again. And frankly, after my fashionable moment of photography self uh, selfie, well, then they'll get thrown in the trash. Or, I don't know, can you use... I mean, they just broke in a place jeans shouldn't break. Period. So, th- so that just proves this fashionably... Uh, 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 crafted bullshit. Crafted, like the dog food in that dog bag. This stuff, it's crafted junk. In fact, I'm sure this is something that went through the press machine wrong. And they thought, well, instead of marking it down to $5, what if we mark it up to $255? I like your thinking. So, we all have categories in which we have so much shit that we have our least favorite. Like, I also have my least favorite pair of socks. When I'm down to that pair of socks, I'm like, oh, God, I've really got to do laundry. I don't really have my least favorite pair of underwear. Underwear, to me, is so utilitarian that it just doesn't cross the boundary of favorite, unfavorite. Although I used to wear silk underwear, and if it wasn't so goddamn fragile, although anymore, the shit from China that's cotton, is it really? About as fragile as silk underwear, right? Silk underwear under your fucking jeans feels great. Oh, my God. Anyway, so there can be favorite underwear for sure. <clears throat> I just at the current moment don't have it. Although I do have my favorite long underwear. Do I? I have a tie for that. And I only have three pair. That's a very competitive category for me right now. So in the non-competitive categories, like hooded sweatshirts, of which I have 30, probably. I keep everyone I get just because I love the format. I love the format. But there are some dogs in the group, right? I'd say five of them are dogs. That if a girlfriend said, oh man, I love this one. Can I have it? I'd be like, well, you know how much I hate to part with some of my favorite clothes, but yeah, that one you can have. Well, here's the one I would give to somebody just if they would say they liked it or even thought they could put it on their dog who might like it. And it's a Colorado Avalanche sweatshirt. And I'm not sure if I bought this at the game and I spent $29.99 on something instead of $89.99 on the good one. Oh, but it's that synthetic Walmart material that feels like it could either catch on fire if it got too close to a stereo system. Or if it couldn't catch on fire at a stereo system, it's the kind of thing that's going to fall apart five more washes from now that I've worn it twice. Oh, I hate this thing. But it's a hoodie. Right? So it's better than pretty much every short sleeve button-down shirt I own. Um, was that all I had to get back on? Uh, no. Oh, I made a, uh, all right, listen, stupid American, right? I'm such a stupid, stupid American. And when I did the, there's no backwards K in the Russian language. Uh, okay. Stupid American. Obviously what I meant to say is there's no Russian backwards K God, can I speak with a nickel? With a forwards K? What I meant to say is there is no backwards K in the Russian Cyrillic language. I don't know all Russian languages, if I had to guess. The one that I have limited familiarity with is the Cyrillic derivation, the language of Russian Cyrillic writing. Only from a little bit of time when my friend Jake in college took Russian and was fluent. So, 
I know they got that backwards R in that Cyrillic language. I've always loved that letter. And I don't say theirs is backwards. It's probably the backwards ones over here. Because they also have that sweet-ass, like, lowercase r, but it's it's uppercase. My point is, I'm not trying to be dismissive of the Russian language by not identifying it correctly as the Russian Cyrillic language as a traditional American would. But either way, right? There's no backwards K.